0: So if it's a small company, I would love the PMMs to actually report to the CEO in the start. The reasoning for that is because if they report to sales, sales will sort of take their time into only creating sales material and make them into pre-sales. And if they report to marketing, it might be that they focus a lot about marketing and does not do as much for sales.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. I'm Matt Dodgson, Co-Founder of Market Recruitment, and we connect B2B tech and SaaS businesses with marketers to help them grow. This week we're joined by Lisa Collin. Lisa is Strategy and Commercialization Director at Visma and has been named one of the world's 50 most influential product marketers by the Product Marketing Alliance. And Visma has been on an amazing journey and is now in their third decade of continuous growth. The revenue in 2021 was €2.1 billion, with double-digit growth across Europe and Latin America. And 2021 saw a record number of acquisitions, with 42 new companies added to Visma's software ecosystem. So a lot of product marketing complexity. I hope you enjoy. So welcome to the Market Mentors podcast, Lisa.
0: Thank you so much
1: absolute pleasure having you here. So before we get stuck into this one, I'd love to know what your relationship is with product marketing.
0: Well, I come from a product background. And for me, I was getting a little bit frustrated. And so were many of us when it comes to getting everyone to work together as a team. You know, we're working more and more in silos and we had to start seeing how we could bridge that gap between the different functions. So that is my background going into product marketing, trying to find a way to get our product people in our sales and marketing department to really work together as a team.
1: And it's a common challenge, let's be honest. Yes. So we're here to discuss how to win the case to start a product marketing function. But as somebody who's immersed in product marketing like yourself, why do you think companies should create a dedicated team in the first place?
0: Well, first of all, it has to do with focus. I would say that for us, many companies, there's so many things going on, right? And there are a couple of things that might fall between the chairs. You have really good PMs. You have really good QAs. You have all these different people that are really good at what they do. But what is sometimes missing is that spider in the web sort of person that just saws that whole thing together, not just the pieces of the puzzle, but actually putting the puzzle down on the table. And that's usually what the product marketeers do because they understand both the product side and the marketing and sales side.
1: We see it in a lot of companies that the core product marketing tasks can be sort of distributed across other teams. So product management, marketing, customer success sort of spring to mind. But why do you think those teams and those people should not be responsible for product marketing overall?
0: I think it has to do with, again, focus and sort of how you spread your time. I mean, we all have just 24 hours of the day, right? I mean, I was a PM a long time ago and before there wasn't even something called customer success. And there's always a fire, there's always something that you need to take care of. And those other things like the slide for sales, for example, that's something that you do in five minutes in between meetings. <laughs> it means that if you had a person that is both PM and PMM, it can be done of course in a smaller company, but it would probably be a 90-10 type of role. So 90% of their time is going to be used on the product development side. And then those last 10% is going to be just doing the bare minimum. And bare minimum is a good start, but that's definitely not going to help you win the game.
1: Yeah. And I guess people sort of lean into what they also enjoy too. So if you're a classic product manager, then you're going to really enjoy those types of activities over the kind of product marketing stuff specifically.
0: Yes. there are some great commercial product managers, definitely. But they're also measured on certain things, and they're being measured mm-hmm. on the product more than perhaps a sales deck, for example.
2: Mm. But
0: if we don't provide that fuel for marketing and sales, then how are they going to be able to do a really good job? Yeah. You don't want to have a sales department that spends too much time working on slides. They should be out there selling, right?
1: Yeah, that no, makes sense. So within Visma, you've had product marketeers for a while then. What do you do in terms of sort of frameworks to make sure that they've got clear responsibilities and ultimately they're kind of trained up to do product marketing in the right way then?
0: Yeah, we have quite a few now, but it's only been a couple of years since we started with a clear focus on GTM and PMM. I think it was in 18, me and some colleagues started with the GTM Academy. So we've had monthly webinars that anyone can attend But we also have uh, intro programs for all new PMMs that are coming in, where we introduce them to the Visma framework, how we work with GTM, how we work with collaboration. We have quite a large toolbox that we're providing for them, so they don't have to reinvent the wheel, because each and every company usually launches one or two products. You don't launch a product every week, right? Mm. So there's a lot of firsts for the PMMs. And they're sort of evolving into that role, a lot of them. So then we're providing them with a framework, the wordings, making sure that they actually have someone else to talk to. So we have a full network with several hundreds of our PMMs and those that are hangarounds to the PMMs. Usually it's quite a few people that are involved in a go-to-market, right? Mm. And we make sure that they have the same framework that they're talking about the same things and measuring the same KPIs.
1: I think you'll be making a lot of product marketeers jealous with that kind of support. And I'm thinking <laughs> there'll be entrepreneurs out there thinking, hang on a minute, let's productize this and start selling it in the market. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we did productize for our organization, at least. You know, all those frameworks and templates that they have, it just saves them a lot of time. They know how to do a commercial business plan. They know how to actually make sure that we've checked off everything for launch And we probably saved thousands of hours if you look at what we're doing now. So that's kind of cool. And I'm really proud of what we've
1: done. It is very cool. Very cool. We've obviously talked about the kind of importance of a product marketing function, but product marketing isn't created equal. It's different in lots of organizations. Within Visma then, what is product marketing to you guys? What do the product marketers do and what are they responsible for?
0: As I said before, I think that we provide the fuel for marketing and sales. That's sort of our tagline, Mm. meaning that we make sure that they have everything that they need in order for them to be able to do their job. Mm. So we have this whole framework for all our PMMs in Visma. One of the things that we have, which is extremely important, is the checklist. So we have a checklist that goes through everything when you're launching a new product. You can apply it to existing products as well, but especially when you're launching a new product, there's so many things that you have to think about. You know, you have everything from the legal side to how you're gonna do the billing, does it look good, do I understand it? From that side to of course the actual marketing plan, training, support, training, sales, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many different things that you have to think about. And we created a checklist a couple of years ago. So the PMM usually takes the role of the launch team manager, meaning that they are making sure that all those different functions have done everything that they need to do in order for us to say, okay, we're ready for launch. So it's partly a project manager, I would say, but it's also one of those that can think about everything that is outside of the regular task.
1: That sounds interesting then. And perhaps some of the problems might be that you've got the product team and you've got almost like a demand gen marketing team, but maybe some of the activities that the demand gen marketing team are doing perhaps aren't landing in the right way. And maybe companies are sort of feeling like they're spending a lot of money on marketing, but they're perhaps not getting enough traction. Do you see that as a problem that they might have?
0: I'm not sure if we have that problem at every company. You know, Visma has so many different companies. I'm sure that we have a few that have that issue. Mm. But there's so many tools and things that you have to know when you're working in marketing today that Mm. takes up a lot of time. And sometimes if you're a company with lots of products, marketing don't have time to really learn about the product good enough. Mm. So they're really good at making a good campaign, but if they don't understand exactly what makes this product better than another product, what is the story here? What is it that our customers Mm. are really talking about out there? Someone needs to provide that information to marketing in order for marketing to really do their job. So... That's why I'm saying providing the fuel for them.
1: It makes total sense. I mean, I speak to a lot of demand gen marketeers and marketeers that are involved in actually doing the campaigns. And they are busy enough than actually spending time understanding the market and the positioning and the value prop and all that kind of stuff. So it makes total sense to me. So we've kind of covered the why and the how, then. But imagine we've sort of been given the green light to build this function out. What would your first product marketing hire look like?
0: A unicorn. I
1: guess. <laughs> it's one of those,
0: you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah. I would say the first person we usually recruit our PMMs from product. Okay. I know in other companies they usually come from marketing side, but mm. we need our PMMs to really understand the product and our customers. Mm. So they need to come from there and have an extreme interest in selling at the same time, but they don't want to be salespeople. Mm. So they're really commercial in their mindset. They're usually quite interested in marketing, but they've never learned the marketing trade. But they're just really good all-around generalists, but that really understands that they're just one piece of the machinery, but they are the oil that makes it go around mm. because they're not the salesperson. So they're not going to get the credit for the sale and they're not the marketing team which can be measured with how many SQLs or MQLs did you get here they have to be okay with being that provider mm. the helper mm. so A well-rounded person.
1: And within Visma, obviously, you take people from product, which makes total sense. But I mean, generally, do you think sort of product marketing skills are transferable across domains and different types of organizations then?
0: Yes, definitely.
1: Good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's kind of like the first hire then. But what about some tips for maybe marketing leaders that don't have a sort of specific background in product marketing, because it is its own sort of area, really? What should they be looking for when interviewing product marketers?
0: Obviously, it's a person that needs to be helpful, as I said before. So it is a person that definitely does not put themselves first. Mm. They have to be very good at reading the room and understanding the needs of the different teams. A really good people person. So making sure that this is a person that really wants others to succeed Mm. and looks at the task at hand as something that they're going to take responsibility for, but maybe not get the credit when they're done, that's hard for some people. Hmm. And some people really thrive in that type. They don't want to be out there. And I'm not saying that they're introverts because they're usually very extrovert, but they don't want to be out there and actually sell, for example. Some of them. Some of our PMMs are awesome salespersons as well. They do a lot of pre-sales.
1: Yeah. And from speaking to a lot of product marketers myself, there's also that balance between the sort of analytical aspects and then also the creative aspects so writing and stuff like that. Do you see that as well?
0: Yes, definitely. And they have to be curious. They have to read that latest article about how can we approach this in a new way? How can we measure this in a new way? Because that's really quite difficult. So yes, obviously analytical, but also being truly, truly curious about what our customers need out there and how can we convey our message to them in a good way.
1: Yeah. And not being scared to get on the phone and talk to them.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So what about setting up this sort of first product marketer for success then once you've kind of hired them, what sort of things should you be doing to make sure that they actually have the right environment to do the best work they can?
0: So if it's a small company, and I'm going to be a bit drastical here, but I would love the P.M.M. to actually report to the CEO in the start. The reasoning for that is because if they report to sales, sales will sort of take their time into only creating sales material and make them into pre-sales. And if they report to marketing, it might be that they focus a lot about marketing and does not do as much for sales. If they're in product, as I said before, there's always fires in product, so it's hard for them to report to any of those functions in the beginning because the organization needs to get used to this. I would say a couple of easy things is to have clear KPIs and making sure that you actually have those KPIs aligned so that partly they're sharing KPIs with the product management side, some with marketing and some with sales. That's something that we did, which was really successful, actually, because there are some things that product also needs to focus on. So product cannot just be measured on, you know, we pushed the product, it was done. Mm. But product should probably also be measured on, okay, did we get the first sale? What did the product actually look like when it came out to the customer and was the customer really happy with it? So doing that and making sure that the PMM actually has a mandate Mm. that they are actually able to say, okay, we need to do this instead and not just being the provider of that fuel, but actually, having an, an opinion and being able to say, okay, what we're doing right now is perhaps not the right way of doing it. Perhaps we should approach this differently.
1: Mm. And I like your suggestion that it reports directly into the CEO as well. And that makes total sense to me. In bigger companies, you kind of see it reporting into a sort of CMO, I guess. But I guess that CMO is obviously bought in and can work at sort of C-level to make sure that actually the other C-level, the sort of leadership team are actually on board with product marketing itself. So they offer that sort of fire cover at the top, I guess.
0: Well, if you have a growth department,
1: Hmm.
0: a department that solely focuses on growth in general then that's a really good place for that person to sit. Hmm. It has to be understood that there are going to be lots of different tweaks that need to be done. It's not just one thing. It's not just marketing. It's not just sales that's going to do it. Hmm. Obviously, in most companies, reporting to the CEO would be very difficult, but it needs to be someone who has a broader focus.
1: Yeah, makes sense. You talked a little bit about KPIs then. I mean, if we've sort of hired this product marketer, we've got them sort of set up for success, the alignments there, the reporting's fine. We've got the sort of shared goals. What sort of things would you perhaps be looking at to sort of track their performance then?
0: That's really difficult. As I said before, that's probably the most challenging with being a PMM is the fact that it is very hard to measure success. Mm. It's more of is the team content with what you're providing. Mm. Does sales feel that they are becoming more effective? Does marketing feel that they can focus more on what they're supposed to be doing? And that's really, really hard to measure and put clear Mm. KPIs on.
2: Mm. But
0: I would say setting up some defined deliveries, a sales deck, battle cards, et cetera, et cetera, could be one way of when you first start, these are the things that we have to have done. Mm. And then it's going to have to be one of those, are you feeling that, you as a marketing team can deliver a better result, a better campaign based on the material that is coming from the PMM side.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about if you've got a product marketer in place and they're doing what a product marketer should, then the message is better. It's landing with the right people more so. Do you think that would sort of influence velocity and pipeline? Would you be sort of looking at those kind of things or would you be sort of keeping that more in the sort of demand gen area?
0: When it boils down to it, it's about the sales, right? So Mm. are you getting... Stronger leads? Are the SQLs actually of a high enough quality now? Can that be measured? When we have a webinar, what is actually coming out of that material? But again, how do you measure is this campaign better than the last campaign? It's going to be the sales results, right? So we measure our PMMs on the revenue. How are we doing in sales?
1: Perfect. There's no hiding.
0: No. I mean, yes, you can have those deliveries. And that's why I say, you know, in the beginning, when you have a very new person, you're going to have those specific deliveries that just need to be in place. What we see is our PMMs can make sure that the product gets out into the market quicker. I mean, most of us are now soft companies, right? So a month for us is worth a lot of money. Mm. If we can shorten the cycle from idea out to the customer actually get real value or, you know, day zero for the customer. If we can shorten that time period with a month or two, that can be extremely valuable for us. Mm. But again, then you would have to do an A-B testing. How quick would this go if you didn't have the PMM? So it is difficult to measure it.
1: Yeah, it's that balance of sort of qualitative and quantitative stuff, if I can get my words out.
0: Yeah, very nice.
1: (laughs) I mean, from your perspective, where can it go wrong? Where does it go wrong?
0: Yeah. When they can't cooperate with the different teams or when they don't get a clear mandate, I would say Mm. those are the two things. So we've had a lot of focus on making sure that the PMs and the PMMs, I would say those are the two that needs to work the most together in the beginning. Mm. So we usually, if you draw an X line, PM has a lot of responsibility in the beginning, right? And the PMM will have a little bit less responsibility. So they're down here. And then the further you get to launch, those two positions switch places. So the PMM gets more and more responsibilities the closer you get to launch. Mm. For the PM to let go and to trust that the PMM wants the same thing as the PM wants, that can become hard if the PM before is used to doing everything themselves. But let's face it, it's impossible to do everything ourselves now. It has become so much more complicated than it was just a couple of years ago. Mm. The other thing would be the mandates. So specifically when we do a launch, if we don't make sure that this person has the role of the launch team manager and actually can put a little bit of pressure that, okay, but marketing, you guys have not actually delivered what you said you were going to deliver. We need you to do this, this, and this, and can actually put a little bit of pressure on these guys, the different team functions. That means that you're not going to get the product out as quick as you were desiring to do. Mm. So that's also something that can be a bit of a struggle at least.
1: Mm. So like you said, more clear lines between who takes what throughout this process but then also the chemistry bit as well i mean really when you're sort of interviewing these people it's important for the product marketeers to actually meet and talk to the product management team and the marketing team there's got to be some chemistry and there's got to be the ability to sort of get on and work together ultimately otherwise it sort of falls down Mm -hmm. you've obviously got your finger on the pulse of product marketing what's kind of really exciting you now i'm sort of thinking about tactics and strategies and frameworks and tools that kind of stuff
0: Well, first, I would say the fact that product marketing is now becoming mainstream. Mm. That has nothing to do with the tools or so, but it's the fact that, you know, a couple of years ago, when you mentioned that you were working in product marketing, people were like, oh, so product management. No, 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 product marketing. Oh, so you're in marketing. Yeah, sort of, slightly, but, and now you don't have to explain that any longer. So that's something that's really nice. Mm. There are more tools, more sales enablement material and frameworks that are coming out there. There's networks and all of that. For me, I'm really, really interested in the strategic narratives and how we today are focusing a lot more on how to communicate to our customers, not just pushing a product as a product sheet with check marks for all the functions and features that you have, but that we're actually starting to connect with a customer in a much better way. That's one of the things that we work a lot with is creating good strategic narratives going out there, being passionate about what the customers are really experiencing, and then fitting our product and our story in such a way that we're actually solving that problem. That is something that in the past, neither sales or marketing had the time to do that because you just wanted to talk about yourself. Now, you're not talking so much about you and your company and your product as in, okay, really, let's sit down, you and me, customer, what is it that you need and how can I help you? And becoming a little bit more authentic for our customers. We're not just pushing a product. We're helping you. We want you to achieve something that you're not able to achieve today. And that frame of mind is something that I think is evolving right now. You're seeing that in the larger tech companies that are becoming clearer in their stories, focusing more on the customer. That's something that I think is really, really nice to
1: see. Mm. And especially in B2B, I think for years, it's been very much focused on the product, hasn't it? Whereas you think about storytelling and kind of what you've talked about, which is sort of leaning on Andy Raskin, I guess, is much more of a consumer way of communicating a product. A car is a car at the end of the day. Yes,
0: exactly. And you're mentioning Andy and you and I talked about him earlier. Andy Raskin is probably my greatest source of inspiration and probably his biggest fan. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. The way that he approaches and the traction that he's getting in how you're communicating, that also sends a signal. You know, he wrote that article a couple of years ago now about the greatest sales tech. And you can just see now people are referring to it in another way because it's become sort of the Bible for product mm-hmm. marketeers in how to communicate with your customer.
1: Well, certainly from our perspective, product marketing is going through the roof. You know, we've talked to four or five companies who are all starting their own product marketing functions from scratch, and that's in the last two weeks. So it's a great spot to be in if you are a product marketer. You know what, it's been fascinating to hear about Visma, And the sort of impact, Lisa, that you've had within Visma and how you go about doing your product marketing there. I think this is going to be super useful for anybody out there who's thinking about starting a product marketing function. So I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge.
0: It was great to just talk to you a bit. And if anyone has any questions, they're more than welcome to just send me a DM on LinkedIn or so, and I'll be happy to help them a bit.
1: You're an absolute superstar. Bye. So that's it for another episode of the Market Mentors Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review as that helps the channel going forward. Until next time.